Hello, Robbie. Yes, good morning, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How doing good. I'm walking the younger dog today, so I may not have as much time. But okay. uh did did want to touch base with you and see if uh you or Jesus had anything to say about yesterday's conversation. Um, well, I did uh have a good long walk this morning where I was just again enjoying God's presence. I was inviting him to uh help me uh, connect with parts of myself that may have an emotional part that um seems uh losing the word uh abjected abjected yes um but uh i i i recalled actually sometimes when i felt a very deep emotion uh, uh deep but um you had asked yesterday about when i had I've forgotten if you said it used the word encountered Jesus or uh, yeah, I think uh, that's the word. Yeah, um, and there isn't anything that uh, really stood out. I mean, I, Jesus was heard of, but uh, I, mean, I guess since uh, since I came to faith around 1976, I've had a sense of Jesus being present with me and things um but not um interacting with him at a conscious level very deeply about emotional things so there was a point at which um my wife before we were married that there was a possibility of us ever marrying and uh i remember um Telling my dad about this and just sobbing uh, to the place where I couldn't talk, and huh. a couple other occasions like that that uh, you know I experienced great deep emotion, um, where uh, I don't. Uh, Jackie and I are currently living through a period where we're not feeling the same depth of warmth. We did when we married, and not knowing how to recover that, and I don't. I, I I'm aware that I don't feel the grief now that I felt at the prospect of not having me. You know, I, I long for intimacy, but I don't feel the grief at an emotional conscious level that I felt then at the prospect of not uh, not being with her, and that. I don't know. I, I I feel like I'm hardened in some way that I don't understand how to recover from. Mm. That relates to what we're talking, what we're talking about. But yeah. yeah. So that's as far as I've gotten with that uh, okay. that topic. So it sounds like we have validated the hypothesis that there is something abjected, and I think we have. Um, supporting evidence for the proposition that just hanging out with Jesus doesn't seem to resolve it. Yeah, I'd go with that. Um, any thoughts on what you would like to do next or what you would like to see happen next? Um, well, for, uh, I'm 
you know, God is very creative about showing steps forward. Um, I continue to dwell on the idea that uh, hearing Jesus' voice and following him is an effective, Mm -hmm. maybe it's not the only paradigm, but that it's a very effective paradigm um, for uh, what how to how to organize or, or uh, arrange a life. Um, so that's that's I, I'm I unless unless he gives me through you or somebody else some other idea that clicks and seems like what God is saying to me. Uh, not just makes not just makes sense, but you know if I if I have a sense that oh yeah this is uh, something that God wants me to grasp that I hadn't been grasping. But it, um, I, w- I was in a conversation earlier today with a friend about the idea that uh, many believers, all believers, I think, would agree that obedience to Jesus is important. But I, I'm a conscious of two streams of believers with, uh, that would diverge on how you hear Jesus's voice. Uh, the one stream says you have to study scripture and uh, follow what makes sense out of scripture, and this is how Jesus speaks to you. And I don't know that that was ever made explicit, but it feels to me like that's the stream of Christianity in which I grew up over the past 40 mm-hmm. years plus. But there's another stream which says Jesus can and does still today speak to us as specifically as he spoke to the disciples in the scripture and he continues like we we see recorded in the scripture to give directions that don't make sense to reason from scripture Um, they're compatible with scripture but you wouldn't get to throw your net on the right side of the boat from reading scripture Um, you get there by hearing Jesus's voice right you follow what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And, uh, so, so often I think that's the uh, sort of the logical or the objective versus the subjective or the logical versus the existential. Yeah. So for my 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 expression has been when I say I'm I'm trying to figure it out, I'm trying to make it happen. Nope. Hold one um, second. I got a call on the other sure. line. Yep. Hello. Yep, back. Or you're back. Okay. Right. I'm still here. Yes. <laughs> um, right. So, okay. Yeah. So there's two views of obeying Jesus. Yeah. Well, of of how you, I mean, everybody, I think everybody I care about would agree that, or not 
everybody who I identify with would agree that obedience to God and to Jesus is important and that hearing and following Jesus is important. But the question of how you hear and what you hear uh, seems to be a divisive issue even. Um, so so I'll, go one, one, I'll, go you, yeah. I'll go one further for yeah. you. I think yeah. that uh, the agreement that obedience is an important issue is fairly broad, widespread. Yeah. The question yeah. is, yeah. how important is that? Um, I, uh, in my circles, I have not perceived that as a, I mean, I think that may be a very important question which you're raising, but that's not a question that I hear broadly in the circles that I'm familiar with. Right, fair enough. Um, but to me, that's actually the, and, and I think probably the best scriptural based ask that question is what is the difference between being a servant and being a friend? Uh huh, or a family member. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jesus framed it as I no longer call you right. servants but I call you friends. Right. And, and, we're, yeah. and, and that's an interesting point because arguably a servant is better at hearing obey, and obeying Jesus than a friend would be because right. that's the only thing they care about. Uh-huh. And then the, the scripture goes on to say that the whole creation is waiting with eager line to see the revelation of the sons of God or the the, those you know who are yeah, but, but the sons heirs manifesting yeah. Christ yeah. Uh, and Jesus yeah. is the first among many brothers. So I I think friends friends is a reflects a dimension of it, but I to me the more important um, understanding these days is that I've been born again into God's family, and I get to live out of His character and nature in learning to join him in ruling the universe with love. And that that's right. what, as uh, opposed to yeah. the, the, as opposed to the birth and identity you inherited from your family of origin. Right. And it is not clear to me that you're there yet. Well, um, I've been adopted. Um, yeah, whether I've yeah, you have I've fully yeah. integrated that. Um, yeah, I think there's uh, there's still this process of um, relaxing into the Father's finished work and living out of abiding what you termed ob ob obedience instead of obedience. Um, right. But, that's a, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, but I think this is this issue of And this is something I don't know how to articulate, so I appreciate your help on this. Um, sure. There's a statement, Jesus did not come to make bad people good, but dead people live. Uh-huh. I don't know and the verse that comes to mind, but I agree with the thought. You must be born again. It's <laughs> okay. probably the right. most blatant yeah. one, right? Yeah. Which was uh, incomprehensible to alerted and honest seeker after uh -huh. God, like Nicodemus. Yeah, and right. and the, or the Pauline statement, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer right. I who live, but Christ uh, who lived in me. 
and we're dead in our sins. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, obedience paradigm doesn't seem to address that. Right. So as I've looked at, uh, I, I'll just give a quick, uh, as I've looked at obedience, I mean, as, as I've looked at discipleship, I started off looking at it from I, what I understand is Steve's perspective uh, from his conversation with you that there's an authority with more experience who receives implicit trust and transfers information or maybe even training in obedience. So that's the first thing. Right, which I call spiritual fathering. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then in the movements, global Jesus movements, um, I've looked at the transfer of obedience rather than the transfer of information. But now I'm looking mm -hmm. at it more more that uh, the real core factor in uh, discipleship or movements is discipling others to confidently hear God's voice or hear Jesus' voice and follow him. And that if we transfer that, we draw people into that experiential relationship that that's the core of what I now perceive to be driving rapid multiplication around the world. Yeah, and there's a place for that. But this is this is this is the other thing that that struck me when uh -huh. uh, reflecting on DBS and everything we've gone through in the Great Reset. That right. um, as written, maybe not as practice, but as written. DBS is really focused on obedience and the law. Mm -hmm. Is that like a successful DBS group is one that always obeys the law. So that's why I was excited about the adaptations we've made uh, for the weird DBS, because I think that moves it in a very healthy, positive direction. Yeah, but I but, but this is the thing, this is very much the thing that I am uh, processing uh, this week is uh -huh. uh, uh, the, the, the weird DBS current version that we have leaves room yep. for grace, uh -huh. but it doesn't really require it. Okay. And so it made me think, what is the thing that... I mean, this is like kind of the, 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 the really sobering thought is that for all the people that we've walked uh -huh. through is like, it's not clear that you needed a relationship with Jesus to do any of these things. Well, that's one of the uh, benefits though for multiplication is that you can draw Right, so there's a place for that DBS thing, right? Uh -huh. But like, so the idea of what is uh, especially if we're talking about centered set versus bounded set, it's like, okay, what is the thing that, and, and this is actually even a practical question I was wrestling with, uh, which I have some theories about now, which is that what difference does it make uh, between someone who knows nothing about, so there's, there's a difference between people who know nothing about Jesus and people who know a lot about Jesus. That is a difference. Yeah, yeah. But it's not a very interesting one to me. Right. 
uh, if anything, right? So then the question is, okay, so what does make a difference? And my perspective after Tuesday is that, well, actually, there's people who actually know Jesus, who have had a, um, and in particular, um, um, they know him as the one who saves them from their sin. Mm. And not has saved or will saved, but sort of is saving them from their sin. Right. So we talked and, yesterday about knowing Jesus as Lord, as Savior, but not Lord, and whether the converse is uh, also possible or even maybe more important, knowing him as Lord, receiving him and trying to follow him, but not knowing him as Savior from your sin. Right. I mean, and, then, and, and the way I think about that now is that well, I think the important thing is knowing him as the saving Lord. Right. It's like there's a interaction with Jesus, you know, hypothetically, right, uh, uh-huh. the, the, that is... Um, like the two become indistinguishable. Uh, if you, you, I mean, this is the, 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 I guess figuring out is probably uh, a pejorative in your space, but this is the thing that is, the way I like to say, what is it? God is not malicious, but he is subtle. And that the figuring out is mostly trying to unlearn the concepts that are stuck in our head so we can see Jesus as he is. Yeah. And the the question uh the um there's a wonderful article that I can't find that talked about there's two kinds of identities um I think it was a Seth Godin article about how like if you show up at a hospital and wear a blue gown and go in and give advice to patients, it's entirely possible you are faking being a doctor right that's uh-huh. uh Leonardo DiCaprio catch me if you can thing. But if you get up on stage and you sing a song in front of an audience, you are a singer. There's no if or maybe about it. If you're doing the thing, you are a singer. Uh And it's interesting. So it's sort of like certified versus performative. Oh, so you, to adapt the, to adapt the person in the hospital. Yeah. In one sense, you could say, if you are doctoring, you're a doctor, but we have a licensing process. Well, yeah, but it's a different thing. Yeah. For, and so there's, yeah, there's you may a be doc- You may be doctoring, but you are not a doctor. The recognition like you say, you can go is not based on the performance. Yeah. Yeah. And so the interesting question is, is that, well, or the identity or the role, I go back and forth, whether, which is the right word. And so the right. question is, what is the thing, especially if we're trying to get to a centered set rather than a bounded set, like, what is the thing that if you are doing it, you're actually, um, so I mean, this is where I've actually been leaning away from living more like Jesus, which to me is a bit more of law, to, uh-huh. uh, growing closer to growing closer to Jesus, which is a bit more of yeah. I'm not entirely happy, and those categories aren't entirely accurate, but there's something there, which is that um, it is entirely possible to fulfill all of the law. Uh, and not actually grow closer to Jesus. 
or at least to see, think we're fulfilling all of the law as we define it and not be yeah, close yeah. to Jesus. Yeah. It is entirely possible, I think, to hear, to think we hear Jesus and think we obey Jesus without actually growing closer to him. I think Jesus' warning, you know, leads us in that, it uh, supports what you're saying. You know, on that day, I'll come to me and say, Lord, Lord, did we not perform miracles? They get away from me and never knew you. Which leans toward the knowing Jesus that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And so the thing that, um, and this is, a, you know, we are nearing the end of season six, which may actually be the final regular season. Uh, oh. You know, the, the kingdom of God is always, I mean, the, 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 I mentioned this to David, I hadn't really thought of it recently, but that, you know, the, the biblical model is sort of six plus one is a week. Six days of work, okay. one day of rest. And uh-huh. so that's why we've been, always done six sessions, and then we have a seventh, which is kind of a reflection period and figuring out what we do next. And okay. despite a lot of interruptions and chaos and changes in plans, we've actually kept that structure remarkably consistently and so uh-huh. this is the sixth season and next week is the seventh episode of the sixth season okay. and so next after that would be our seventh season uh, whatever that means right and the thing that's um and last season which we really felt like a done like this like i feel empty after this like i've got nothing more i want to say or need to prove or trying to figure out or explain or anything. Like, I'm done. I'm good. So it's so like, you're okay. Saying that's how, that's, you're saying that's how you felt after yesterday? Yeah, that's how I felt after Tuesday. After Tuesday. Like, I'm oh, not t- saying today. I solved the problem or after right. Tuesday's great research. Right. Like, you know, that that's it's just like, I'm, yeah. I'm good. It's like, not that I've solved the problem, not that I've answered everyone's questions, but like, yeah. I, I, like I've done the thing that I feel like I feel like I've been reset. Uh-huh. You know, and okay. at the end, it's it's like it's like it's sin and it's Jesus, and um, that's pretty much all I got. And yeah. oh. so the thing that I've been thinking about is, okay, what do I want to do? Yeah. You know, um, uh, there's still sin, right? And there is still uh, room for more grace. And so um, I myself, and it's not really the great reset, I don't know what it is, it's this Sabbath in between period, um, of Uh just finding a practice that I can do that helps me uh, discover my sin and Uh receive Christ into those places. Uh, like in the dream, the picture of Christ walking with me down through the, the labyrinth, unlocking doors uh-huh. into the depths of my being and my pain. It's like, okay, I, I'm not sure what that is yet, but like that's the thing I want to do. And okay. that's the thing I want to learn how to do. And that's the sort of thing uh-huh. I would like to help others do as well, if they're into that. Uh-huh. Right? Because, yeah. you know, I think there is a diversity of opinions and experiences around this, which is fine. Uh, but, uh-huh. like, the thing that I want to do is walk with Jesus, into the phrase that I think Bill objected to, but right, into the depths of my sin, so that his grace 
touches me at that deep level. And so the, the two interesting practices that come to mind that are sort of in that space, uh, interestingly, one of them is communion, which, you know, for a thousand years or so was like the biggest deal in Christianity was taking yeah. communion and not taking communion. Uh -huh. um, and then the second one, which is not a word we have uh, a lot of positive connotations around, but seems to be like kind uh -huh. of a big deal, is repent. Okay. This idea of going in one direction and then stopping and saying, wait, that's the wrong direction. I should do something else. Uh huh. And so that's uh, where I'm sort of the space I'm in right now. Thinking, okay, there is something there that I would like to do more of. And I would love to do in community if I could find anyone crazy enough to go along with me on this. And uh -huh. I'm not sure how that turns into, but that's kind of where. Uh, I imagine the seventh season being uh, is trying to just iterate on this practice of Jesus saving us from our sins, which sounds so incredibly basic and banal, and yet to me it now feels like the most important thing in the universe. Huh. Okay. So I, uh, I'm not sure where I, how I got there, but. but yeah. Uh, but to in me, terms of like that, yeah, I mean, ah, that was the point. The point is that this, the reason this is interesting to me is I think that only works by grace. Uh huh. That is a grace centered practice as opposed to a law centered practice. Yeah. But there's something there. I mean, there's probably still failure modes and so forth, but it feels like there's a there there. And that, that is something that. Uh, is the thing worth doing, if you will? Yeah. Well, I I, I bless you in this, as you know, however Jesus leads you. I I have this recurring thought that if our uh, walk with Christ, if our following Him, doesn't engage us, involve us in some spirit-led way, in multiplication, in that blessing multiplying through others, then uh, it seems to be missing something that was, to me, seems central in the way that Jesus walked with and worked with and loved the disciples. That the blessing in Genesis 1:28, God blessed them and said, "Multiply, fill the earth, manage it." <clears throat> and um, I, the way you describe this. Sounds very introspective. The pejorative would be navel gazing. Um, right. And I, yeah. I don't... Exactly. Yeah. And that's certainly not my intent, which is where the challenge is in the design. The, the, the better phrasing, uh, when Bill was pressing me on this question of what is the goal, um, uh -huh. and I gave him an answer, but he didn't seem to be happy with it for whatever reason, so he asked the question again. Yeah. Uh, was that uh, the goal is becoming fishers of men, which is allowing Jesus to use our brokenness or sin as bait for uniting uh -huh. us and the whole world with him. So the, uh, okay. the engineering picture, if you will, is that yeah. we have 
Now, we all have interfaces with other people in the outside world. Uh-huh. And the idea is that all of these interfaces are blocked with sin. Okay. And that, and this is, I think, the, the, the whole point of an incarnational holiness rather than a um, reclusive holiness is that it is right. precisely in the places where we are hurt and distracted and pained by the world and the people around us that show us our lack of grace and where right. we are uh, we have uh, capped off the interfaces because we discovered we were leaking self and sin rather than Christ, or vice versa. It was coming into it. And so we have these pipes to the outside world, and we deliberately shut off the valve because we're either afraid of our sin showing up or their sin leaking in. Um, and therefore we say, okay, let's just, let us get to the place where the back pressure of Christ is strong enough that we're willing to open up those valves. And I think that, you know, maybe that's an interesting point is that when I was talking about uh, David Johnson about screen rights versus shipwrecks, is that uh-huh. for me, the interesting sins are all relational sins. Relational shame, relational pain, anger, unforgiveness, et cetera. And so the whole point of grace is that this person that I cannot stand, that I cannot deal with, is going to be terrible. That is the point of grace, which may be myself. It's precisely the point of grace where I desperately need Jesus to come in and transform me by his grace. Okay. And the idea, and this may sound like a tall order, but I actually can't think of any other way to do this, is that if we invite Jesus into uh, all the areas of our life where we have been excluding him, in our relationship, uh, and so forth, that that will, A, transform those relationships, B, it will liberate us to hear and obey him, almost as a side effect, perhaps. It will liberate us to hear and obey him uh, much more effectively. And in addition, in the best case scenario, it creates a community where we are all helping each other experience more of Jesus. So the fear community say, you know, like you have a certain lens of seeing Jesus and seeing problems and so forth, right? All right. And in the frankly typical case, as we've experienced in the Great Reset, it's like, wait, your lens looks distorted from my lens. I think you're wrong. And uh-huh. does generally not end up well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, okay, it's like if we, because it's still based on the law, but if it's like, hey, I see that you're hurting in this area. I know that pain. Let me, uh, can I share Christ with you in this area and see what we can experience of him together? Then out of that, I think we actually get to say, ah, okay, now I see why I was reacting to you and why you were reacting to me. And now uh-huh. we can see what Christ actually has for us that is bigger than either of those. And 
uh, trust that the grace I have helps me see what you don't see uh, is now yours. And if we can get there, then all these dichotomies and divisions and conflicts become fuel for drawing all of us closer to each other as we are each drawn closer to Christ. Yeah, I don't know if I'm not hearing you correctly or if I'm just disagreeing um, yeah. inside. But it, it yeah, I think seems I get to the question I had at the beginning, but yeah, sorry. Well, uh, so as I look at the disciples following Jesus, it seemed to me that his approach to building community was to have an outward focus, not an inward focus on healing the individual disciples or uh, healing the relationships. Although I am certain that as they had this outward focus, following him into difficult places with, with other broken people, that he, through those experiences, both healed them inside and in their relationships with each other. I just don't see that as the focus. What you describe sounds to me like trying to get myself in good enough shape that Jesus can use me rather than presenting myself as I am to go with Jesus into other places of brokenness while allowing him to bring healing to me and my relationships in the process. So we work on agreeing to disagree about it. I don't know if it's fascinating. You know, know, that's good. That's good. But what's fascinating to me, and I may remember this wrong, uh, but that's kind of the impression I got of how you viewed your marriage. Come along with me while we do these good things. Yeah. Well, that was the starting of our relationship. Uh, The first evening we talked together about what we understand as God's purposes in the world, we said, why doesn't everybody think like us? And we were united in the sense of trying to serve God and change the world. And somewhere along the way, I've succeeded in creating an environment where um, Jackie doesn't seem to feel loved the way she did in the beginning. I'm not sure. But, you know, I I think, uh, anyway, yeah. So I'm not yeah, sure what that, that's fascinating. Off of the, the analogy. Yeah, so, 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 but, uh, you know, yeah. Um, so this is the interesting idea. Uh-huh. What if what Jesus really wants is to be intimate with us and that everything else yeah. is to a certain extent, whether it's doing good works, saving the world, uh-huh. confessing sin, whatever, what if that is really right. just an excuse almost so that he can actually, well, he already knows us, obviously, but so that we can actually get to know him emotionally, intimately connected with him, and we allow him to know us at the deepest levels. Yeah. The fellowship of his sufferings, you know, I've, I've thought repeatedly that men experience a kind of intimacy in battle together 
you know, I've only heard about this. I haven't experienced being in the military, but that that the the those kind of conditions, working with somebody closely in a even a, in a difficult or suffering kind of context, bonds and unites you in a way that you don't get when you're just relating to each other with no external purpose. Yeah, there was a joke I heard on a Disney Channel TV show that men pretend to compete in order to build relationships. Women pretend to build relationships in order to compete. Uh, okay. And, but the point is, is that like the end game, the only thing that actually matters is knowing Jesus and being known by him. But the thing uh -huh. is, is that it's not knowing him like in a book or in right. a chapel. It is knowing him. Yeah in all creation. And I think that's yeah. the, 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 the break point where our knowledge of holiness and spirituality uh, was sequestered, was that, oh, this, you know, is that first thing is our own holiness and we will restrict our access to the world so we can focus on that. It's like, no, true holiness right. is progressively opening ourselves up to the world and it's pain and brokenness more and more. So that we are forced to dig well, deeper into who Jesus is. Yeah, and not just opening ourselves to the world, but uh, uniting or, or becoming one communion with God or union with God in his concern for the world, so that we're joining him in this, not taking on a burden, but joining It's not even his concern. I mean, the, 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 and like, I don't know how to articulate this yet, but the way oh, okay. that... So he, that's the, that is a part of his desire for oneness with us, not yes. our oneness being secondary to the purpose. Yeah. Right. Is that this is all part of the oneness? Uh, what it the, creates okay, the context. Yeah. Creates the context yeah, for that, becoming that, one with him. Yeah. Right. Being one with his world. Yep. Like I see Jesus in you, in David Johnson, in yeah. Donald yeah. Trump, in Joseph Biden. Like I see Jesus in there. Uh, in yeah, bits and pieces, yeah. and and then forming this, and that, like I love Jesus so much, I want all of Him, you know, right. not just the convenient yeah. parts, not the. It's like, of course, I'm not going to get all of Him in this world, but I yeah. want as much yeah. as I can, and that it is as I allow Him to live in me, that I can connect with more and more of the world in a way yeah. that actually brings Jesus. Yeah, it's not just me bringing Jesus to them. It is them uh -huh. to me and me being able to receive yep. it. Yep. Well, and one uh, another part of the shift in my thinking last year has been from thinking that I bring Jesus into a place to recognizing that Jesus is already there and I join him in that place for him to have an additional expression of who and what he is. So Abraham lied to, to get the um, And when he was asked why, he said, I thought to myself, surely there's no, there's no fear of God in this place. And when we assume that we have every, all the knowledge of God to bring into the situation and nothing to discover, and that God's not already at work there, that we are blind to what's actually going on. 
because Jesus is already there. He's already at work. And his point is for us to join him in what he's doing, not to figure out what needs to happen and make it happen for him so that he can show up afterwards. Right, but I, I would just tweak a, a, a proposition there slightly. It's not just uh-huh. joining, it, it's not so much joining Jesus in what he's doing. It's right. joining Jesus through what he is doing. Yes, yes. and it's right. out of his desire for intimacy with us that he involves us. So I had this thought a while back as I was parenting that I involve my kids in what I'm doing, not because I can't do a better job without them. because It's not because I need their help, but because I desire this relationship with them. So I say, you know, come along and help me build this or do that or whatever. And I'm not doing it in many, some cases, I'm not even doing it except as a as a way to have engagement with my kids. Building a swing set isn't something that I have a grand purpose for apart from the family, but building a swing set for the family is a value and involving the family and building it to build relationships is another value, but the, the primary value is the building of the family relationships. Uh, not the purpose, and uh, not not getting a swing set built. Yeah, and one can make a case that the entire universe is kind of like a swing set. Yeah, it's yeah. just the thing God created to have something to do with His family. Right. So we're our ultimate is to become part of the family business. We're we've been adopted into the family. To no, 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 part not of part of the family, family business. business. To become part of the family. Right. Yes. Is that the family? Well, we, yes. Right. Is, is that the biz, The family business is almost like the family right. hobby, right? It's like a right. thing okay. we do just to get to know each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's call it a family hobby. Um, yeah. Yeah. And seeking and saving that which is lost is the family hobby that has a value in terms of the character that it creates in us of being other-centered rather than self-centered and being like God-like in our care for others, our readiness to to love and sacrifice and serve on behalf Mm -hmm. of others, knowing where we've come from and where we're going to, we can get down and wash others' feet, et cetera. Yeah, and to seek and save that which is lost, um, I alternate between seasons where I practice Uh that internally to learn how to do that externally. And I practice okay. that externally to learn how to do that internally. Because it's the same thing. That's okay. the fascinating thing is evangelism, discipleship, sanctification, missions. They're all kind of the same thing from this perspective uh-huh. of, of, of joining Jesus. Yeah. So I think I failed to identify something that we can agree on what we disagree about. Because I feel like I'm now in agreement with the last no, I think we're in agreement. Yeah, no, I think we're yeah, I think we're in agreement. And uh here and I think uh-huh. that it's an interesting question. Uh I think this is diff- like I said, this is um you know, this concept of joining with Jesus through work. I think uh-huh. is uh 
uh, that's maybe the difference. Joining with Jesus in his work is a servant. Joining with Jesus through his uh-huh. work is a friend. Uh-huh. And what about family? Do you have a friend? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I got to go run and deal with my family, so I will leave it on that cliffhanger. Okay. Thank you, Robbie. Bye. Love you. Bless you. Bye.